I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. It's a pleasure to be back with you once again. I know many of you listen on different platforms, different devices. If I could just ask one quick favour, if you just have two or three minutes, if you could do a rating review on whichever platform or app you listen to the show, that would be really, really great. It gives us a chance to get the algorithms working for us and, and really help us reach as many people as possible, which is what we're here to do, to share that creative and inspiring education. Now today we're talking all things music, which of course is very close to my heart as a musician myself. And I'm joined by Tim Woosley, and he's the founder of Enjoy Playing Guitar. Now, he believes that there is a repressed rock star in every one of us. His work helping people unleash their inner rock star helped hundreds of people live their dreams of making music, becoming more confident and loving life. Tim is a dad, a husband and founder of Enjoy Playing Guitar, one of the best sites for beginner guitarists. He strives to share his vision and encourage folks to unleash their inner rock star within themselves. For more than 15 years, Tim has taught over 32,000 guitar lessons to hundreds of folks in person and online. Tim has created an online course that demystifies learning so that everyone can play their favourite song, become more confident and enjoy making music. And I love the fact that we can bring you these things so that no matter where you are in the world, you can get access to all this fantastic material. Now, this conversation isn't just about guitar. We go back and forth about our experience as music teachers, but I think also that idea of how people learn best, how you go about structuring lessons, both for music, but also education in as a whole. This is a fascinating conversation. I really enjoyed speaking to Tim Woosley, the founder of Enjoy Playing Guitar. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. As anyone who's listened to more than one show knows, I'm a musician. Music is my passion. The ability to connect to myself was the thing that kind of really drew me that, especially as a teenager. So it's great to have the chance to have a musical conversation on the show. So, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Mark. This is awesome. So let's start with enjoy playing guitar where did that come from and what's the relescence of it enjoy playing guitar was uh was born because i own a music studio here in lincoln nebraska in the united states uh, where i i teach you know 40 or 50 students every single week uh one-on-one face-to-face guitar and i really love it i love i love kind of pouring into people but it was something where i felt like you know, I've got a cap on my own abilities. Like I can only teach so many people for so many weeks, months, years. Uh, I thought it'd be nice to create something based off of the decades of teaching that I would be able to share with people over the time of learning how to teach and how to teach uh, simply and to make sense of it. It'd be nice to pass that on to people who might want to be uh, a guitar player, but kind of feel overwhelmed with all of the information out there. You know, it's, it's really 
easy to get confused. And when you're confused, you tend to not make any decisions at all. So I wanted to make just a simple course that would allow people to just go from zero to hero. And uh, that was the genesis of that. So for the people taking the course, are they kind of people that are, are wanting to dip their toe in and then maybe will go on to have a face-to-face lesson at some stage or is it supplementary? How did you sort of sort of think about that as it sort of got going? Sure. So this is basically an online class. There are, um, there's what I, I want to say, there's probably 25, 30 videos of you basically learning how to hold it, how to tune it, how to play it. Uh, and I don't, and, and the way I approach the teaching is, is I call it like caveman theory in the sense that I don't go over the notes of the scales. Um, I feel like that's kind of a, a boring way to get started because that's not how I started. I did take one guitar lesson and that's where they started with the notes on the E string. And I just felt like I was so bored. Um, so this is more of a, an organic approach of, of, of just getting in right away and learning right away. But it is a video course. And then we have, you know, Facebook groups where people can kind of share their progress and things like that. So they're really sort of self-sufficient, but I guess that kind of sort of learning in their own pace, like you say, taking it right. is, is fast or depending on how much time they've got. And, uh, and that seems to be a real sort of mirror of, I think, the sort of what education generally is going into, that sort of sense of it doesn't have to be about the here and now on anything that you learn you know we have this option to kind of sort of involve ourselves in any way that we like and, and and immerse ourselves and that's quite a nice organic way of learning i think yeah you know i i've always heard of the stories of you know being an instructor here and people coming in for their first lesson and they're they're telling their horror stories of the piano teacher that would you know hit them on the knuckles with a ruler because their posture wasn't correct and i just thought gosh that's a real quick way to get someone not interested is to physically assault them if they're doing something <laughs> wrong so um my my the analogy i use with my teaching strategy is i like chocolate chip cookies okay i love chocolate chip cookies and so um if i go over to your house and you're offering me chocolate chip cookies I want to eat them. I don't necessarily, right now, I don't care what kind of salt you use. I don't care. And, and you might, making the cookies, you might be proud of your cookies going, well, here we use pink Himalayan salt or road salt or what, just, I don't care. I want to eat the cookies. But over enough time, I come over and you share your cookies and I think, wow, these are really great. Can I get the recipe from you, Mark? And that's when I feel like it's a great opportunity to go, yes, let's talk about some of the structures of how to make this cookie. So we just replace the cookie with the music lesson. So what I want to do is I want students um, eating cookies right away. So they might, that might mean they don't get a lot of the, the necessary musical theory that a lot of folks feel they belong at the, at the beginning. Um, but if they're excited about learning, then they're going to stick with it. And eventually we can pepper in the important as elements of music theory and the fundamentals as we're goofing off and, you know, standing in front of the mirror playing smoke on the water. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's definitely something I've brought into my own teaching, you know, teaching drums and percussion. It's that kind of, you do need to know some of the nuts and bolts to get to a to a, you know, a level that you really want to achieve. But that, like I right. say, there is that sense of you know I I just want to make a sound. I just want it to kind right. of feel what it is. And, and I, I mean, I you probably got some examples in terms of what works for guitar, but certainly for me for drums, you know, we will rock you. Is just a fantastic yes. place to start. It's that kind of yes. the first thing that usually blows their mind is the fact that you explain that there are no drums on that track. It's purely. <laughs> 
people that stamp their feet and claps. <laughs> there's no drums at all. There's, of course it is. It goes like this. Well, the rhythm does, but there's no drums. Anyway. Right, right. Um, so that's the that's first great, great sort of start. conversation starter. Um, and then it's that kind of, have we got this beat? Can you hear it? Can you see how mm -hmm. it fits in? Yes. And we just, well, let's do it on the drums anyway now. And we'll just, you know, sure. pick a couple of sounds and get it going. You know, you've managed to, you know, like I say, there's musical elements in there. You know, we've got a sense of poles. We've got some coordination. We're creating some different sounds. We're playing for two minutes. We've got that length of time we're playing. And they feel like they, they've really achieved something. Absolutely. And it's something you can then go back to. So, I mean, it sounds that we're talking about the same sort of thing there. And like I say, you can then add all those things in. So is, is there a particular song or a particular element that you start with like that that kind of really sees them sort of getting going off the block? Right. Well, I, like I mentioned before, I've been playing "Smoke on the Water." In terms of the guitar, it's it's one of those it's one of those riffs, those melodies that I don't know how it must be ingrained in our bodies, but everybody knows that riff. Some little kids to adults, and they just know it. And I'm sure it has to do with, you know, um, just adults knowing the song from their youth. And I think the song is in a lot of uh, you know. Uh, you think of like sporting events in between, you know, in between plays of a, of a, of a thing they're going to, the band is quickly going to play some little melody to kind of hype the crowd up. Uh, so it's a really easy one to start with because it's only got a few notes, you know, as long as you've got at least one finger, you can play that whole thing and it gives them an instant satisfaction. It's, it's like going to the gym, doing, you know, 10 sit-ups and seeing a six-pack abs. You're like, wow, I, I did it. This is awesome. So it gives them that really sense of I'm winning. And you need that when you're in the beginning stages. Yeah, and I think you're right because I think then what you want to do is you want to emulate it, don't you? And then and then you sort of go, oh, I've heard this and I'd like to, I'd like to do this next. And then you're able to say, that's great. But mm -hmm. you probably need a little bit of extra knowledge here, or we need we need to talk about right. some other things as well. But you've already got that interest, and you've got that sort of eagerness to to then take on board that sort of slightly more complex information, maybe. Right, right. Uh, with students in this in the studio, I I never say no. I say uh, I usually want them to think about it. So when they come in, I have them fill out a goal sheet, which is just basically what do you want, why do you want it you know, um, what are the easiest next steps we can do? And then how can you celebrate when you make that? So if they want to learn an incredibly difficult, you know, eruption from Van Halen, it's like, we could do that, but we might spend a year on it. Are you willing to spend a year day after day falling on your face? If you are, I will, I will go with you. But if you're not, I understand that too. Let's, let's try another easy riff and just kind of work and build up our strength. Yeah, and and that's kind of where your experience is that is the educator comes in, isn't it? It's been able to right. sort of to sort of point them in the right direction, sort of right. lead them down those paths. And 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 also I, I quite like it. You know, one of the things that comes up a lot on the podcast is this, you know, this connection that people have with their teachers. You know, it's how they made them feel, it's how they made made them kind of get inspired, even if it's a subject they weren't particularly interested in in terms of their sort of schooling as it were sure um but that feeling makes a big difference and i think when they trust you and they understand what it is that they want and that you understand how it is and that you're able to really guide them like you say that it's very easy then i think to kind of to take in that sort of direction that you were just talking about 
Absolutely. I think, I think the trust is a big issue because they have, they're walking in with their hopes and dreams and maybe they've tried it before at age 12 and it didn't work. And so they're coming in at age 40 and they're thinking this is not going to work. And so you've got, you've got a lot on your plate of being able to go, this person's putting their, their musical dreams in my lap and saying, can you help me at all with this? So it's a, it's, it's an important thing to be able to really listen to what their, their wants and desires are to be able to, to come back with them and say, yes, we can do that now and we can do that in the future and just kind of help them plot their course of what they can do and and what sort of age range well first of all let's let's talk about your sort of one-to-one what sort of age range have you, have you got in terms of the people that you're teaching well i i honestly teach all across the board i i have i have a four-year-old that comes in and plays uh the drums and a lot of times you know they're not you know, they're not really willing to sit still for 30 minutes. And so a lot of it is, hey, let's play. We will rock you. And then you applaud them. And to me, there there are a few stages of learning. This, this And so I teach from four to like, I have a, t- a student in his, in his uh, upper 70s. So, and I'm teaching him banjo and mandolin and things that inspire him. But I think I think there are a few stages that you have to be aware of when you're uh, when you're teaching. At least my 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 method is the first lesson, the first level, is they have to appreciate music, right? Like we and we want to get them to appreciate music. If this is something that some if their parents are saying my little Johnny needs to go in for piano lessons, I'm thinking I don't want him here because it's an advanced babysitting lesson where I have to do parlor tricks and to get him interested in it, but if he wants to be here and he's been begging you for lessons, then let's go. Uh, so the first one has to be uh, appreciation of music. And so maybe he doesn't practice for a week or two or a month, but he can't wait to come back in and hang out with his teacher and play these little ditties on the, on the piano. That's the first spot. And then, so I think the second level would be uh, when that little Johnny kind of scrubs his chin and goes, you know what, if I actually gave this a little bit of effort, I might get good at it. And so that's kind of that awareness where they kind of realize this is fun, but if I put some time into it, I can actually be better. And then the net, the final stage is kind of where you or I are at, where it's like it's just a part of our lives, like breathing. You don't have to tell me to play or to practice to enjoy it. It's just part of who I am now. So I think it's important to, to understand and navigate those and kind of see where each student is at because every student, well, you might have a student that goofs off for one week and then the next week he realizes I got to get busy. And you might have another student where he doesn't ever leave that appreciation, but he had a solid experience enjoying music. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting, isn't it? It's uh, mm-hmm. it's something I think within the school system is quite hard to for people to understand sometimes yeah. because you, know, you go in and you have to do these subjects and then you get tested right. and all that kind of thing. But I think you can still bring the elements of that too. You know, you know, what is it that we think any given student's going to get out of it? You know, do they have a natural affinity with this particular subject? Do they actually want to be able to kind of spend more time, like I say, to sort of dig around? And sometimes you just need that space just to immerse yourself in it in your own way to kind of feel how that goes. And I think as soon as you can get rid of that, I need to be good at everything all the time situation, then, then, then it's going to change a little bit. And I think also we all have seasons. We sort of talk about seasons in terms of our lives and things that happen. But I think also within our learning experiences as well, you know, this is just something I've wanted to do, but I'm not quite sure about it. And like I say, now I'm going to get up and I'm thinking, I want to spend some real time with this because I can really see how this is going to make a difference. And my mate started playing a different instrument. So I'm going to, you know, we're thinking about joining, getting a band together or That's starting great. to do these things. And 
and and then it's got real impetus and and i think sometimes to say you know we want to have, have achieved this by this particular time might be great in the goal setting and an overall point of view but it, sometimes it can be a little bit more nuanced than that just because of the age of, of anybody or or what they're going through or, or any you know anything external as well and having that chance to have that breadth i think is is something which you don't get in schools as much as maybe you could do and i think this sort of idea of having having the ability to do that like we're chatting about would actually be really interesting yeah yeah and, and some folks some it's interesting because i have some students that are amazingly gifted and they just they're really nonchalant about it that, that i have a student who plays guitar and then he he gets it right away and then he go, moves on to the drums because he's kind of bored with it and he gets it right away and i'm just sitting there going you <laughs> you're like a little prince you're like it's amazing and so and then you have some people who are trying and struggling in there and i'm not going to tell them no because they want that and i wouldn't be fair to say no i don't think this is going to happen because i don't know if it's going to happen so it, it is interesting to kind of see and 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 find out what their strengths are and how they're going to approach it. But you're right. We might not be able to make all of our goals, but like I do with uh, students is you don't know what you're going to make until, you know, if you're, you're flying an airplane and, and it takes you an hour longer to land, you're not going to turn back and just land the plane somewhere else. It's, you know, you've got to, you've got to aim for something and then hopefully you make it, but maybe it takes a little longer, but you're right. There's, there's a difference with, uh, with goals and with understanding how that all puts together with your, your musical journey. Yeah, and I think also it's, you know, we talk about failing being a positive thing, but actually a lot of the time in music, it's not about failing. It's about just incrementally getting better at doing what you're trying to do. Um, and, and, and it's something I often talk about a lot with my pupils is the fact that, you know, your brain knows what it's trying to do. It's just trying mm -hmm. to get those neural pathways you know, deep enough and, and the coordination with your hands and your feet and all of that kind of stuff. And each time you do it right, it's just making that better and better and better. So it's not that you can't do it. It's that you're right. just getting there a little bit each time you try it. And and it takes a bit of a bit of patience, a little bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of understanding. But and I said, the great thing is, is that once you understand this, no matter how hard the piece or whatever it is you're trying to do, the process is often the same. And that's the thing. If you can get them invested in their learning process, then yes. the world does feel like it's your oyster. That's fantastic because uh, that's something that reminds me of the things that when a lot of students come in, especially I would say adult students and adult students would be any anybody who's paying for their own lesson, you know, uh, that they come in and they have this thing where they're used to this quick sound by instant coffee drive through culture where they're used to putting the video game on easy and getting it right away. So when things get hard and they struggle with something, they're not used to having to do that long haul of like, just, just do a little bit really well every day. And, and within a few months, weeks, years, you'll be surprised with your abilities. <clears throat> so what I have one, a couple of phrases I use is I want you to give yourself permission to be a beginner. And I think that's a really good mindset when people are starting because as myself, I'm a firstborn and I'm kind of like, if I can't do it perfect the first time, there's no point in me doing this, right? Um, and that's, that's obviously way too critical, but by giving yourself permission to be a beginner, that really allows you a window of screwing up. And so I think that's a really good mindset. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, isn't it, that sometimes you need to be that black and white about it because you tie yourself up in knots expecting yourself to be able to do it. The number of times that they, they, you know, my people say to me, I'm sorry, 
sorry for what <laughs> right right no you were expecting to get this piece right the first time but right why i would i certainly wouldn't have done it and i've yeah. got no expectation that you you know that you could and also the, the thing to remember is the fact that you know it's, it's interesting that idea of breaking things up you know i quite like having something which is a warm-up-y kind of thing it's play something you already know because it gets your yeah. brain going you've just come from history and now we're doing music and you physically need to warm up you right. want to have that sense of enjoying what you've done but you know and there's a, there's a study bit because actually in our lessons we're trying to improve what we're doing all the time we're not just doing the stuff we can do all the time because then we'd stay put and i think understanding all those different parts of that learning process is something they can then take away take away again and you know certainly if you're teaching within schools you know it's that kind of you know how are you doing with your alphabet they're like yeah i sort of did it like five years ago it's like yeah it's pretty easy now isn't it how's your two times table yeah it's really easy was it that easy when you first started they said no no yeah so this is exactly the same you know we're just starting on this so therefore it's going to feel different trust me you know this time next year you'll be going i can't believe i couldn't do it but i said it's the same thing it's exactly the same thing just give yourself that ability to yeah it's all difficult at some stage but you will improve and you will do and your natural affinity and your ability will be such that you'll pick things up quicker because you've got many more skills and much more understanding of how you're going about it not just what you're trying to do right right and i've i found over the years i've discovered a, a little tip that can help you and your your listeners in, in in terms of learning something new and this is something i call i call it the rule of seven and the rule of seven goes like this. What I do is I get a piece of paper or an ink board or a marker. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a very, very small section. Maybe it's a measure or a bar or, or four notes. And I'm going to play those perfectly. There's no rush. I'm not going to deal with timing and feel or anything right now. But if I can play those four notes or four chords or whatever that is, if I can play it perfectly once, I'll, mark, I'll, I'll make a markdown. And if I can play it twice, I'll make a markdown. But if I screw up in any way, shape, fashion, or form, I have to erase it and start back at zero. And what that does is when most people are starting off learning, they want it now, they want it fast. And so when you say, here's, here's what I want you to do in their mind, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to get this down. And, and as an instructor, a lot of times we have to say, wait, let's learn the technique first, slowly do it. And in their brains are thinking, ah, that's for losers. I'm not going to be slow. I want to show you how it's done. And so they get into their head and they get all egotistical, not, not consciously, but in their head, it's, it's kind of a competition. Well, everybody's slow at this. I'm going to be fast. And they blow it and they blow it and they blow it and they get frustrated with themselves. So when you give them this rule of seven, it's almost instead of saying, cause I'll say slow down. And so I'm blue in the face and they won't listen to it. But if I give them like a challenge, Hey, I challenge you. I dare you to play this seven times in a row perfectly. But if you screw up at any time, you have to go back to zero. They accept that challenge and it's a new way of them processing something. And so what they might do is they might play it once or twice and then screw up and they go, oh, I'll get it right. And they play it once or twice and they screw up. And then they finally tell themselves, wait a second, there's no rush on this. If I can do this, I'll just go as slow as I can to get it right. And then when they do that seven times in a row, it's like they just won the World Cup. It's it's amazing. So they, so you've got them out of that rut of like getting stuck with trying to get something done. So a very, very difficult piece, very small bites. That's that's a great tip. The rule of seven. Yeah, I, I love that, and and you're absolutely <laughs> right. That kind that kind of sense of just doing it slow, and I I often you know say do it so slow that you can't make a mistake. You know, give yourself right. so much. So even when your brain skips a beat and wants to rush on, you've got time for that to happen, and then still adjust, and then still make it okay. 
um and uh and, it, and it's such a it's such a fascinating thing and you're right having that bite size you're no longer trying to play the piece you're just trying to do right. like say that one bar those few notes yes. and then and then you've done that achievement and and especially the gamification idea you know because that's what so many people enjoy doing now you know whichever form those games are you know whether it's a word yeah. game or or um, a playstation type thing you know it's all about that trialing doing it again working out how it's going to work and building on e on each time that you do it and i think there's something obviously about the the way that we learn that that kind of really appeals to all those kind of things so we've spoken quite a lot i guess in terms of our teaching and the way we go about it with people so let's let's sure. just talk about the course that you've created so you know you've got all of this understanding and, and this kind of knowledge of what it's like to be in the same room as people doing that so just tell me the, the sort of the, the process and the thought process and the understanding to sort of make this a sort of a self standalone thing that someone's going to do on their own but with sure. that kind of understanding like you've just been talking about about what's actually needed for that put that person's journey right right well the the, the courses i want to say it's five five modules or five chapters. And the first chapter alone is just mindset. You know, the understanding of, you know, we can't just pick up an, a set of drumsticks or, you know, a guitar pick and be amazing at it. We have to really get our minds prepped and ready for what we're about to learn and how we're going to learn it. So I think the most important one is to, is to get their minds in the right place of how can I learn what's expected of me and nothing's expected of you. That's the whole point of, of why I named it enjoy playing guitar. This is supposed to be enjoyable. So um, we're going to go slow. We're going to take breaks and getting that mindset of there. You don't have a gig this Friday. So there's no rush. There's no race, relax, enjoy the process. Um, and that's really the, the, the idea behind the entire course is I want them to, to enjoy it. And, you know, a lot of folks, they, like I said, they just really want to, they want to get it now. And if they can't get it right away, they throw their hands up. So this course kind of focuses more on let's get our heads in the right space before we get started. And then let's take baby steps into it. So we're kind of dipping our toes in the water before we swing the, swim the channel. So that's, I think that is the most important part is getting, getting your student, getting whoever's wanting to learn is getting them in the right headspace so that they can feel good about whatever accomplishments they can make. I think the thing I like about that the most is the fact that it becomes very much about you um, and, and that you can apply that in very different settings. And like I say, as soon as it, there's, there's so much to learn, you know, into, you, know you just have to hear another guitar riff and go, oh, it's something else I've got to kind of you know, get, 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 get a handle on. But when yeah. it's just about, let's just talk about me, you know, rather than like say the first step being, okay, so we need this shape in order to kind of make right. this chord then that's great but then what about the other 400 i need to learn as well when it's when it's about okay let's talk about you and what you need and what we're then trying to do and how we're learning and how we're going about it there's there's a center there somewhere which i think is a little bit like i i mean sometimes when i talk about that warm-up it doesn't matter what you play but right. i often do the same things because it's that kind of i don't have to think too much but it feels familiar it it resets you is is someone who's going to then perform something or someone who's going to learn something and from there you can take it in whatever de direction it is like you say whatever the modules are however they move on whatever conversation sure. you're going to have I, I think that that's such a smart thing to do and i think so many people would just think that lesson one is going to be you hold the guitar this way or you're going to pluck it this way and i think understanding that as an educator in terms of it being about the, the learner rather than the technique of what you're doing or the knowledge you're imparting is is very powerful 
Right. Uh, in fact, the, the, the idea behind what you're doing is if you walk in one day, uh, either to the course or to a school or someplace, and you say, I want to learn an instrument. Well, you, you've got to understand that what you're doing is you're creating uh, a, a new a new you, basically, and you're introducing a new habit into your life. And the world will do whatever it can to kick that out of the way because you're used to living your Sunday through Saturday a certain way. And now you've entered this new thing where you're going to practice five minutes a day for the first week or even just pick up the instrument once a day. Um, so it's tough for them to incorporate something brand new into their lives. And so I think it's really important, like I said, to set that standard of like, this is, this is really important. If you want to do this and you want to do this well, you have to kind of make some of these changes that are going to be essential for you to add this to your new normal for your life. And that's why the, the first module is set up like that. Yeah. And I, and I love those, those small steps. It's a bit like the, um, the the exercise thing isn't it is you know let's right. not worry about you know couch to 5k is a brilliant thing but the first thing you need to do is to put your trainers on <laughs> so that you're ready to go exactly. you know, yes you know, if that's all you manage to do for the first week then that's brilliant right because you know absolutely you've been intentional about what you're what you're trying to do and and i think maybe from an education point of view that's the important that's the most important thing i think so many children are in school and a little bit blind to the fact just got to go to school i've got to learn this stuff it's what we've always had to do and i think that's why i love music so much and especially teaching music to people within the school system is that it can become much more intentional and much more kind of individual based which then sort of spills out in so many ways and you you must know that you know with your own children in terms of you know what music can bring in and what the sorts of things we're talking about affects sort of education more generally Absolutely. Uh, and, and providing, like you mentioned, my children, like providing them uh, opportunities to discover music. You know, like for me, when, when I, as, a, as a music teacher and someone who has a lot of music in my life, uh, I have guitars hanging around the house, ukuleles hanging around the house. I have a piano with the keyboard open. I don't care if it gets dirty, dusty, banged up. I want them to see it. I want them to know it's part of their lives. And I bought a record player like two years ago because my kids are at an age now where they're fascinated with just the mechanics of things. And so I don't care if they scratch the records. I want them to experience. And so one day I came home and my son had put on Miles Davis kind of blue and he had put the record on and he was listening to it. And it's, I don't know where he got this from, but he found, he found like an old fedora, like a, like, you know, an old jazzy fedora that like Frank Sinatra would wear. And he had it on and he was at the piano and he would listen to, I think it's blue and green is the song. And then it goes, da, dun, da, dun, da, and he would try to sit there and figure out the, dun, dun, because it repeats and repeats, and I didn't tell him to do that, but it's amazing. That was such a proud moment for me to see my son. I lay out the tools, and I walk away, and then he discovers it, and he's not right, but he's he's learning, and he's learning his own way, and he's enjoying himself in the process. So I think it's really important to kind of provide yourself with those little moments, get, line your your road with those abilities so that you can, you know, leave your instrument out and enjoy it. and you might pick it up, but just enjoy having that there and looking at it. It's just giving yourself that break to do that. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I think that opportunity is really key, isn't it? Because, yeah, you know, it could be that's as far as it goes and they've right. explored something and got something out of it. It might be they go, do you know what? I've been trying to do this and I'm not quite sure. Can you just help or could you just show right. me or could we have a conversation about it? Or yes. as my daughter often says, dad i'm not you um it's fine <laughs> and it's like okay you're doing this on your own <laughs> right. and um 
And I kind of love that and also get slightly despair at the same time because you're able yeah. to go, you know, she's amazing in terms of, you know, she's an incredible kind of gymnast in Tumblr. And it's like, okay. you, you've seen how having proper tuition and step-by-step -step learning has enabled you to do flicks and tricks and somersaults and the whole thing. You know that thing and that, you know, regular training and strength training is important in order to do that. And yet you don't want to apply it to other things. He's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, you know. But but at the same time, you know, you kind of think, you know, that's the thing about, you know, you open these doors and it's obviously important in this part of your life, but not the others, you know. She said, I'm not a musician. I really like this and I like that. And she's a talented musician in many ways, but not interested in putting that time in. And you go, fair enough. You know, that, 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 that just is it. But, you know, you learn all these things in the way that you do it. Um, and then from that, like you say, it, it is this conversation or it's not. It's that experience, it's not. It's doing something together or it's not. But I think when they understand what it is and, and they have that exploration that they can do, whatever they then find is interesting enough to do that. And obviously we're talking about music today, but right. whatever that is in their life, I think understanding that, that the world is your oyster and you can take it in whichever way you want. And when you want mentorship or tuition, then it's there. If you want to learn it on your own, you've got these options. If you actually just want to completely make it up and just have fun with it, then you can do that as well. Then I think it takes away a lot of the barriers that you feel like you have to do and the heaviness of kind of now I've got to study something. And, uh, and I guess you probably see exactly the same thing. Yeah, I think like you're right. I think it's 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 frustrating, like you said, if your daughter's a gymnast and you think you can help her with those in other areas, but they're ultimately that it's their own course. And you know, I I'm I'm the same way as I want to I want to I want to be there for my kids and make sure that I can help them succeed. Like right now, my boys are really into trains, and I said, well, if we turn your you know they have no room, they're sharing a room. If we turn your room into a bunk bed then we can have room for a train table, you know? And so they were really excited about that. And it's like, well, what about all those guitars hanging out of the room? But <laughs> so, but you know, I just want to be, I want to be supportive of whatever dreams they have. So I'm not a, a big fan of sports, but if all of a sudden my kids get really interested in Greco Roman wrestling, then I'm going to be there cheering them on the side and helping them. I think it's just being there in support of whatever the dream might be, but not necessarily knowing the path, but being open with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and in terms of, you know, as, as an experienced teacher yourself now, um, are there any teachers or sort of sort of learning school experiences which kind of, you kind of think have got some sort of parallel? It's kind of, yeah, I remember this person. And from that, I've obviously taken something on board that's helped me be the sort of teacher I want to be or something that sort of joined those dots for you. Sure. You know, well, I, with school, I, I was never really, I didn't really like I didn't really like school. I wasn't very popular. I didn't really like, I, I probably felt like you're mentioning there. It's like I had to go and I had to sit in this chair and they had to teach me Spanish. And then I had to go in this room and I had to learn about English. And so it was just one of those things that I had to do. But um, I had the two, the two lights in my life were like my music teacher and my art teacher, because I loved the fact that I couldn't really be wrong. If that makes sense, like they're going to, Hey, let's paint and you'd paint this and they, you know, they would look at it and go, that's, I love your interpretation of that. If you play in a piece or something, and I love how you, you do, the dynamics of the piece you did. They weren't like, that's wrong. You know, or like, if I'm in math class, one and one, what is it? You three flunk, you're out, you know? So I, I think I love the fact that there were no really right or wrong answers. And it was just kind of more of an understanding of expressing myself. And so the art teacher and the music teacher in my, my local high school were the two big ones for me. Yeah, and I think that's interesting in terms of understanding what's important for you, isn't it? As well, you know, mm -hmm. because you know, you 
you could now looking back go well yeah because this is how i've spent my life you know and, and i like and, and i like that and also from the way you've been talking about it that exploration and and working with people to get what they need out of something in the way that they want to do right it's like you, you don't know that back then though do you, you just know no. that there's something there which is important and i guess some people like the the rigid which some people like it being rigid in terms of you know one plus one is is two and it's always going to be two and i could always be right. right and that gives me the satisfaction which i don't like when there's not an actual answer that i have to get, right. <laughs> get as it should be yeah it's different for everybody and if you're that kind of learner that's totally cool there are there are schools there are courses there are there are ways for you to learn in kind of your style and so i like the fact that's that is interesting that i didn't put those two things together about school and the way i teach now but yeah it's it's my 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 philosophy is let's figure out the best way to get you where you want to go versus it's my way or the highway. I'm not the teacher in the, in the, in the movie <laughs> where he throws the symbol at him. <laughs> oh, <like> yes. A... <laughs> that made everybody cringe. Every music teacher cringe when they saw that movie. Like, oh, gosh. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nightmare yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go from there. Just I can I could <laughs> just wish okay. got it in my mind coming through. It's like everything I can't bear about all that sort of thing. Right, right. As a as a drummer, you're like, oh gosh, that you couldn't wait to see that movie and you saw it and you're like, oh my gosh, that guy was terrible. And I knew it was coming from just having seen a trailer. I thought, yeah, yeah. I can I know where this is this is what this is about. And no thanks. That's the antithesis of what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Exactly the opposite, right? Yeah. Um and What's the best piece of advice you've you've ever been given, or is there a, a, a piece of advice you'd give your younger self now, looking looking back, that you think, yeah, that would really would have either supported me or certainly kind of given me a maybe a bit of a leg up? Well, the piece uh, I, I I read a book uh, a few years ago by an, art, an author named John Eldridge. He wrote this book called Wild at Heart, and it really resonated with me because he's in it. He said, uh, "Don't ask yourself what the world needs; ask yourself what makes you come alive." because what the world needs are men who have come alive. And that just really resonated with where I was at that time. Uh, but the advice I would give my younger self would be surround yourself with people smarter than you and then just drink deeply from their knowledge. You know, as a, as a young kid, you don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it. And you know, if I had, you know, I'm sure we're always feel that way. Uh, as an adult, gosh, if I could have a conversation, I would tell him, Hey, <laughs> you know, work harder instead of just, lounging through life and playing video games or whatever it is you're doing, right? Uh, you know, just thinking of the compound interest financially or emotionally or spiritually or physically. Work out, save some money, you know, just things like that that would really help at a young age. When you're young, you don't know, you don't care. So that <laughs> so surround yourself with people smarter than you. You always want to be the dumbest person in the room because you can learn from everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what you mentioned there is something which often goes through my mind. It's that kind of, when you're looking back, you kind mm -hmm. of have that experience and you think, oh, that'd be such a good thing to do. And when you're in the heat of it, in terms of being young, like you say, it's just not on your radar because it's, it just isn't, you know, it's just about right. here and now and doing what you are. And I think that kind of ability to kind of blend the two is where some real great learning and understanding comes from and, and it's it's a really fascinating way that i, I guess i guess it is, it's a fascinating way in terms of, of the relationships that make that happen and, and and i think maybe you know it's it's a privilege that we have as music teachers sometimes that you have a one-to-one -one relationship which 
opens up these sort of conversations and these ideas maybe not specifically like i said about financial education or whatever right. it happens to be but but that sense of you know we can see that putting a bit of effort into this is going to make a difference you know i'm not just telling you you have to it's entirely up to you but you know we can we can we can exp we can set an environment where you get to understand it and feel it and then want to and then it's only a small kind of divergence then to think well i can actually do that a little bit in this part of my life or that part of my life and i understand how these things happen from a general learning point of view and i, I guess you can overthink these things but i think there's definitely some real value in there in terms of having having music in your life or something extracurricular as it were which really is supportive in a way that maybe we don't always think about straight off the bat Right. It's, I think every parent feels that push when they're trying to get their kids to do something and they say, don't, you know, don't do this, don't run with scissors, whatever it is. Right. And, and every parent kind of rubs their head going, gosh, if they would just listen to me and every child thinks, whatever, you don't know what's best for me. But it's funny how we all have that shift somewhere in our life. And now we're our parents saying, we have the wisdom you need to listen. <laughs> and the kids are like, nah, don't worry about it. I'm yeah. going to do my own thing. Yeah, and I think for me, it's it's much easier these things when you're kind of, it's their life. And, you know, we can advise, but they, everyone's different. If anyone's got more than one child, you know that you say the same things maybe, but it doesn't make the same results. Or, or, right. you, or actually you tailor what you do because you start to know the personalities and how that's going to work. Absolutely. And I think, I think that sense of, of being part of any child's community um, so, you know, if you're a school teacher, you obviously it's a different one than if you're a parent or like I say, if you're a music teacher, but you all have this influence in whichever way. And I think allowing the fact that you can just be yourself and that will give them what they need without over overthinking these things and, and the, the breadth that they get from all these different experiences will hopefully lead them in, in the direction which is going to be, should they decide to take it, the, the most important part of their learning um, as they're going forward. Spot on. So you mentioned there that that book is there is there anything else that you'd like to share from a resource point of view whether it's a, a podcast a book film song or anything which has had a, a real impact on your life above and beyond what you mentioned before Sure well I think uh the book uh, this seems kind of like a right across the plate but the book How to Win Friends and Influence People uh it's a really old book but I it seems like an easy answer because when I, I listened to it, when I first started listening to it in the, in the 90s, I went to my local library and I got it on CD because when I was younger, I wasn't really reading books, but I thought if I can listen to it, you know, that'll, that'll be nice. And so I would put it in the car and listen to it. And it seemed like it seemed to speak to me like a father would speak to his young son imparting his wisdom into the next generation. And so I, I would rent it from the library constantly. Once I would listen to it like once a year for like, over the next three to five years. And I think it was really impactful in that regard that um, just having that wisdom passed. And the, and the, the author the, the author didn't read it, but uh, he, they had a gentleman who was this big, burly, beautiful, you know, voice that sounded like a, a loving father would talk to his child, you know? And so it felt was like a really, like it was a great dad moment. We're like, what should I do next dad? And so it's, it's, it's a good one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, it really is. And that just reminds me, I haven't read it for two or three years. It's, I'll say, it's, I must do it the same thing. And and, and I, I like the fact you said about doing it sort of every year, because it's like mm -hmm. some of these things, they just have that wisdom there. And I, I just think each time you go through a process of it, it, it just rubs off a little bit more and actually 
going through that on a regular basis. A bit like we're talking about that kind of the practice and the regularity of just doing something. You kind of yeah. need to do these things as a as a part of a repetition rather than just a, a one off hit. And I think there's some real parallels there between uh, <laughs> between all those things. Yeah. Um, so fire is really important to us here with education on fire in, in, in terms of the idea of feedback, of inspiration, resilience uh, and, and empowerment. So what is it about any of that that kind of strikes you or, or that you feel is important both, I guess, personally, but also in, in terms of that sort of music um, learning experience? Well, I've never, up until we had this conversation, I wasn't aware of the, the, the FIRE uh, acronym there. The FIRE acronym I've always heard in the past couple of years has been that financial independence, retire early thing. And so this is a new thing for me, but I like the idea of that, having that FIRE, that feedback, inspiration, resilience, empowerment. Um, I, th I think all of that is really important when working with a student. They need the feedback. They need inspiration. They need to know it's going to be hard. They need to know that they can do it within themselves. Um, I think that's 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 totally in line with how I I teach and I talk with folks who are learning and experience with an instrument. Um, it's 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 going to give you the best results um, when you can constantly have that feedback. How does that was that easy? Was that hard? Would you like to try it again? You know, the inspiration of the using inspiration is like uh, when they come in, a lot of times I ask them to write a set list, right? A set list of the songs. Like if you were, if your favorite artist is the Rolling Stones, if you were going to open the show for the Rolling Stones, what songs would you play? And so they, they, they get a look at their, what inspires them, right? So then they, we can look at that list and say, oh, that's easy. We can do this song, that song, that one might have to wait. But having something that inspires them is really important. And knowing that if you give yourself permission as a beginner, the resilience, you know, it's, you got to stick with it and giving them that feeling that they can, they can accomplish it when they have these small wins at irregular intervals. So that, I guess, never heard that fire phrase before, but I love it. I'm going to have to use it now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Feel free. And 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 interestingly, it came from a conversation with my daughter. You know, we were sort of talking about people asking me much more about you know what does education on fire mean, and it it meant so much and so broad. But I thought actually these sort of four things kind of encapsulates everything in whichever area of learning you're doing or whatever you're studying. You need a little bit of all of it. And I also love the fact that they're not always equal on any given day as well sometimes right. you know you just need to be inspired you listen to great music you you're like yeah i'm gonna do this and then it's the next week when it hasn't quite worked out that you need the resilience or right. you know or, or or someone telling you yeah you were so close but you just need to do a little bit about this or, or whatever it happens to be and um you know sort of it's important to have the structure but within that like you say you've got the ebb and flow of the learning experience and what you need on any given any given time so well it's been absolutely fascinating uh, as a as a music musician chatting to another musician. It's not something we've done in 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 quite a few episodes now, so it's great to to touch that and get back into that sort of where where my passion lies with these things. So, um, <laughs> uh, tell people where they can find out specifically about your course and and all the stuff that you're doing. Oh sure. Well, you can you can reach me at enjoyplayingguitar.com where you can uh, get a free beginner starter pack if you're wanting to start 
playing guitar and don't know what to do. I send you a little bit of that there so you can enjoy 36, you can learn 36 songs in five days. Uh, and so you can find us, you know, you, if you're interested, you can also find me on Instagram at enjoy playing guitar. Fantastic. Tim, thank you so much. As a musician for, of one description to a, uh, well, to a drummer at least anyway, it's been fascinating and really, really great to chat to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark, for having me, man. You rock. This has been a great time. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.